Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality. Today, I have someone back on the podcast. I actually have a little bit of a story of their first time on the podcast, which I'll save for after I introduce them. I Ooh. also have two really funny um, like <laughs> titles for this person. Okay, so I'm going to say both because <laughs> I like them both. So everybody, this is Bex. The first uh, description is sex educator and por- porn maker. So cute. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And then the second descriptor. <laughs> <laughs> Sadomasochistic switch with an overdeveloped sense of curiosity and a big mouth. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Honestly, like, like I was telling you earlier, it's how I make most of my money. So I did officially get that printed on my business cards on my most recent round. And I'm quite proud of them. <laughs> I love that for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your is so your bit okay? So I've never been a person like even though I've had a lot of entrepreneurial ventures, I've never mm-hmm. been a business card person. Like so, in what mm-hmm. in what you know what are you giving? Who are you giving it to? And why? And like should I? <laughs> well, I I get them for usually going to like if I have a big teaching gig coming up at a conference mm. or if I'm teaching like in person and workshops and things, that's where I bring them for. Uh, I like having them because I find a good business card really satisfying. Like mine are really (laughs) cute. I get them from Moo. So they're on like really nice paper. That's fun to fidget with. Mm -hmm. And I have a little cartoon on them of me and they have like me and my sex ed work on the front and like my podcast and the Dildorks info on the back. Love it. So like, I just also quite like having them. They're real cute. Um, and make me feel good to be like, oh, you're interested in my work? Here, look. Here's my card. Yeah, exactly. You don't super need them. I don't get to give out nearly as many if I, as I want to. But if any of these people see me in public, come ask for my card. Yeah. I have them. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, the last... I've, I had it on the podcast forever ago. Like, mm-hmm. like a another life ago at this point at least pre-pandemic oh at the very least i honestly feel like it might have been like four years ago or something oh that sounds right like way too long ago Mm -hmm. but i know um i remember you specifically because what happened was my what had happened was my laptop (laughs) completely bit the dust with your episode on it and then we had to record another one Oh, I remember that. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot until this exact moment. Yeah. <laughs> I think about it a lot. I'm like, I, I, I you know. <laughs> Anxiety be like that, though. <laughs> this exact interaction. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and the, another, the other person has never thought about it since, but me exactly. every it's night like, when oh, I'm yeah. lying in bed, and, and awake in, in bed, yeah. <laughs> No, it was lovely. I oh. We had a great conversation, and then we had another one that we got to share with the world. It was, yeah, the we, first one was practice. It's fine. <laughs> Here we, go. we had two great conversations together. Um, exactly. But, I mean, I hear your voice in my ears all the time with your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the listener back then still a listener? How are oh. you How are you feeling about Dildorks right now? Are you excited? Oh, Do you, what's going I on really with it right am. now? I'm excited and I'm excited to be able to like pour some renewed energy back into it. So a big part of why I reached out to you, like interested in being on the show, A, is because I wanted to chat with you because you're rad as hell. But B, um, because I've started doing a lot of my sex ed work full time now, which Mm. is has been a dream of mine for a minute and is really amazing. But it means I'm able to pour a lot more time and energy into the stuff I'm doing for the Dildorks. And I've always been really proud of it. Like it is the longest running project I've done I've we've released damn near weekly episodes for over 250 episodes that's fucking wild I have ADHD like that is that's an if you told me yeah if you told me a while ago this was gonna happen I'd be like no it's not this is absurd um but between (laughs) the two of us yeah we're and 
Kate is also mentally ill, and between the two of us, we are able to keep this thing going and keep up the slack. And like, I'm really, really proud of what we do, and I'm excited to be able to pour all of this extra energy back into it now. Yeah. We have, yeah, so we've updated our, like, Patreon stuff, and we have a, a Discord channel now where I'm actually getting to, like, talk to my listeners and, like... Oh, love that. ...connect with them. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Because um, sometimes it can feel like you're just talking to, you know, the universe. And, like, exactly. you know, you don't always get the feedback, right, as a podcaster. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved doing the dildorks, but for a while it has been, yeah, I get to talk to my best friend every week about a weird sex thing. And then every once in a while I go to conferences or, like, play parties and people are like, I recognize your voice. Are you Bex? And I'm like, oh, that's hot. Weird. Hi. (laughs) You know a lot about me. Yeah, exactly. And it it happens in very niche circumstances, but in very niche (laughs) circumstances I am weirdly somewhat known now which always takes getting used to um so now it's really cool to actually like have time to chat with those folks and get to know them awesome awesome yeah and kate sloan for everybody who who doesn't know automatically know that kate we're speaking of such a pleasure to have her back on the podcast recently with Mm -hmm. the release of her new book so which is fantastic i have it like right over here honestly i think have you spanked Um, with it have you i have i have (laughs) Uh, not for a scene, but I did during, well, sort of a scene. During the debut of one of my newer workshops, I have a spanking workshop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking about what you look to in an item to know that it is a good item that you can improvise impact with. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, well, one of the things I love about impact is you can hit people with pretty much fucking anything. Yep. Like, yeah, you can get fancy paddles and shit, but I can just pick up a heavy thing and be like, yeah, I'm going to hurt you with this. Yep. Like, um, <laughs> as long as you know what you're looking for to make sure you can control it well and you're not going to hurt someone. Yeah. Uh, so I was showing, one of the examples I use is like, this is the cutting board I use for spanking. This is the cutting board I use for cooking. They have different <laughs> features. Um, and one of the other things I grabbed because Kate was in the audience and because her book is a surprisingly good spanking implement uh, was her book to show what makes a book really great as a tool for that (laughs) I love it I wonder if she did she like she had a party an in-person party in New York I believe Mm -hmm. did she Mm -hmm. end up doing impact with the book as part of like a kinky yes I hit her with it yes you did oh I'm so happy that dream came true that's fabulous yes yeah, we, uh, it was it was really fun. She did a couple of readings from the book, and yeah. then did uh, we did three different demos. So the first one, I spanked her with a couple of implements I brought, and some she brought, and of course we finished up with the book. Love it. Uh huh. And then she was uh, hypnotized yeah. by her spouse. Which was really fun to watch. They made her very ticklish to the like the slightest touch. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was just a cute demo because like you know how cute she is when she's giggling. It was very. just fucking adorable. Exactly. VVVV cute. Yep. Yeah. Um. So that was really fun. Uh, she melted into a little giggly puddle, and then after <laughs> that, we did a little like sensation play scene where we blindfolded her and had her guess what we were touching her with with different yes. things. I love those games. Yeah. Oh, I've done yeah. yeah, I have a um I have a scene going up on the Patreon very soon. Patreon.com slash a bit of show. Um, it's uh, where myself and another Dom, Lush Lynn, are doing oh. a, simil- a similar thing with um, with impact implements with a sub. We're blindfolded and we're just hitting him and he's got dis- to figure out what, what of the toys is it. <laughs> it's a surprisingly oh, hard so game. that's so fun. <laughs> it is. I have a paddle that has one side of uh, almost like a crocodile skin leather. So it's like kind of yeah. raised. Uh, and then the other side is flat and smoother. And I often play the, like, guess which side game. Mm, yeah. My pet's not great at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one time they were topping me and they thought they had me. They were like, ah, we're going to play the, the game. game. I'm good at the game is the problem. That's <laughs> how I learned about the game. Someone else did it to me and I'm good at it. I don't play games. I don't win. Um, <laughs> play stupid so. games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> exactly. They were like, ha And I got it like nearly 100%. And they were like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, forget it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> 
fun of scenes with two switches. I mean, oh, you know, you can always just be delight. like, ha ha. Exactly. <laughs> I take your power away. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Like, I love switchy scenes for a great many reasons, but uh, turning the tables in the middle is a particular joy. Yes, totally. 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, let's move into better bottoming. This is something yes. we definitely wanted to spend a lot of time on today. Mm-hmm. So you are you're developing um, some workshops. Tell tell me what's happening with with better bottoming. Yeah. So Better Bottoming is a workshop that I've been teaching for a little while now about a lot of the soft skills that go into being a great bottom. It it came out of a conversation I had with a friend of mine who books workshops in New York City for an organization I'm on the board for. Uh, And she was saying how she, at the time, was struggling to find workshops taught from a bottom perspective. Which, I mean, does make sense to me because when you think about kink, you think about topping skills as the things you teach, right? You teach someone how to do the tying more than you teach someone how to be tied or you teach someone how to throw a flogger or you teach someone, you know, how to do the things versus how to receive them. But receiving them is its own set of skills. I mean, bottoming to rope is a whole skill set in and of itself. Yeah. But bottoming in general, when I thought about, okay, like we're not seeing these classes, well, what does one of those classes look like? The skills that all came to mind for me are a lot of the soft skills around communication and self-reflection and emotional intelligence and these things that like we often expect folks socialized as women to just kind of have and be good at. But in general, we don't really explicitly teach or prioritize at all. Yeah. Uh, so I, I created this workshop as a space to discuss those things and to really explicitly pay attention to what these skills that many of us already have and can develop further uh, to kind of highlight them and bring attention to them. Because if we're not explicitly talking about them we're not setting the people in these scenes up for success yeah and i love this um this Mm -hmm. is something that like as a pro kink facilitator like Mm -hmm. i come up against a lot because like i work with a lot of clients who are new to kink um Mm -hmm. or or i just come across a lot of clients where i'm seeing them for the first time so we haven't played together before so we don't have any developed Mm -hmm. um you know, rapport and and stuff like that. But also, I don't know their skills. Um, And it can kind of be difficult. You know what I mean? Like, it's this Mm -hmm. thing of like, please, please at least try and have some bottoming skills before you come and see me. Like, Mm because I need to trust you that we're doing a safe scene. Like, I need to trust that you at least have the skill to communicate to me when something is not going how you want it to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, well, I see a lot of people with zero bottoming skills because they're coming to a safe professional environment because they don't feel safe exploring mm-hmm. with someone who they can't trust their skills. So it's this thing, navigating this thing of like, okay, how can we together kind of explore this and build your skills and help you give maybe give you the resources to develop them um yeah so this is a big thing that i feel like even just on the podcast we've been talking about a lot like bottoming skills and like how do we basically yeah yeah absolutely i and i think talking about newbies here in particular is a thing i run into a lot because like I feel like you do kind of, as a newbie to the kink scene, you wind up in that situation that like many job searchers wind up in where they're like, you need experience to get experience, but you need experience to, right? 100%. And like, I I find that like you, you can be a newbie in the scene, but what's harder for me is uh, newbies who don't, aren't willing to admit or straight up don't know that they're newbies. Yes. Like that's more dangerous for yep. me. Not I have... being transparent about your skill level, mm-hmm. like your experience level. Yeah. 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 Like I have, when you were talking, I have a message in my scruff inbox, like right now that has the, <laughs> like, I'm up for trying anything. Oh, God. I'm really an adventurous and I'm down for anything. Yeah. I promise you you're not, sweetie. Like, I, 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 I 
I promise. All that's <laughs> saying to me is how inexperienced you are. That's all I'm getting exactly. from that message. Yeah. That all you that's have... telling me is yep. that you just don't know what you're up for. Yeah. yeah you, you don't know your boundaries, let yeah, alone how have... to enforce them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you haven't explored enough to find the things that you're not up for. Which, which like, is fine. Which is totally fine. And... Not to sound like the absolute most, but that probably means we're not compatible to play with. Because I like dancing around those edges. Like, I need to be very well aware of where mine and my partners are, because that's where I hang out. That's where I spend my time. Yes, that's and like you're very just... true. I think that's something I'm really discovering about myself, too, is that mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You do you, as far as your experience level. But, like, for me mm-hmm. to really feel comfortable and to really be able to dig in and play, I need to know where the lines are so I can color it in them yeah or or right to the edge of them you know what I mean like that's the Mm -hmm. fun stuff for me so yeah I can facilitate a scene and where you know they don't have lots of bottoming skills that's fine we can play that way but Mm -hmm. for me especially my personal life I'm like ooh, I'm all about getting up right up to those edges baby (laughs) yeah and that's one of the things I talk about is like one of the biggest skills and something that I reinforce a lot in this workshop that I think is really important Uh, is that a bottom is like, yeah, kind of laying out those lines so you can color within them, kind of building the playing fields and setting up, like, when I'm a dominant, what is fun for me as a dominant is to create an experience for my submissive. Uh, That experience is going to exist in their head. I need their feedback to tell me, like, if it's landing the way I want it to, like, what am I creating? And when they're telling me like their wants and desires, those are all things that I can manipulate and play with to build this experience. Mm -hmm. But if, if they're not able to give me that feedback or express the things that they want or need, I'm just kind of creating an avoid, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's a lot more work, you know, like, help me help you, please. Like why, Mm -hmm. you know, you do half the work, I'll do half the work, you know, and and let's create this experience. Exactly that. Yeah, we're we're creating this thing together. So it's like, if you give me literally nothing, and I have to do 100% of the work, not only is it probably not going to be satisfying to you, because you haven't given me any information, I'm just kind of doing guesswork. But also, it's just a shit ton of work for me that I don't really, you know, I'd rather yeah. not do all that work. Yeah. But I, like, I can empathize with newbies who are like, all right, like, I'm, I'm excited about this, but like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. And <clears throat> it can feel scary to go in there and be like, I actually don't have any of these answers yet. And to yep. like, feel like you're not going to get play. And there are people who probably won't want to play with that person or won't want to play with you that night. Mm-hmm. But I do actually have a series of things that, even someone who has never played before probably knows about themselves that is, I think, helpful. Yeah, they uh, can bring to something to the table. Bring at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Because, first of all, you know why you're curious about whatever activity, right? You know why you're at this spanking party, or you mm-hmm. know why you came to a workshop or logged on to FetLife or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know what you're curious about. And you hopefully know what you like about the person you're talking to. If you don't, we have other conversations to have. But <laughs> you, you probably can say, like, I like that you make me feel, like, a little nervous and off kilter but still safe at the same time, right? Or I yeah. like that you're, like, so huge and could throw me around, right? Like, yeah. those are different flavors that are helpful that your dominant can play with, right? Yes, yes. You can I also like think this. of... yeah. I I also encourage folks to think about the moods that they enjoy. Um, So are you in this for like thrill? Are you a person who loves like roller coasters or extreme sports and things Mm -hmm. like that? Or are you in this because like, do you like like horror movies and haunted houses and you want to be a little afraid? You want to be scared? Is this like an adventure in romance and intimacy and connection, right? Because all of those, that's all going to bring a different tone to the scene. And you know how you feel when you fantasize about these things, right? If it's just about getting off, it can just be about getting off, right? But not all kink is sexual. So again, that's a thing that may seem obvious to you, but is crucial information for the people you're playing with. Yeah, I like that you're saying this because I think the thing that subs do often is that thing of um, not knowing the skills they might 
they might have. Like, I, either mm-hmm. just completely being like, I have no limits, mistress, which is one thing. But, like, mm-hmm. and then another thing is the people coming to you and being like, I know I have no bottom skills, bottoming skills mm-hmm. yet. I know I have no experience yet, which is a whole other thing. And then mm-hmm. this other thing of saying, oh, I have no skills whatsoever. Um, but they do. But they do. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Three totally different scenarios. Yeah. For me, I think the big difference is coming to me being like, I, I don't have experience here, but I'm like eager and engaged with the learning process. I don't just want you to bring me on a sexual exploration journey. Because right, that's right. the thing I get a lot on like dating apps and just in general, the like, you are going to like midwife me into my sexual journey. And like, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm here for. Um, you got to pay but, me if that's if exactly. that's the case. I got to be paid, which is exactly my that's job, a which is what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I am an educator because I am passionate about educating people. And someone who is really cute and really clever and knows a lot about themselves and the way they relate to the world and hasn't explored kink, but comes to me and is like. I'm really curious about this thing that you do because it relates to my life in these ways and I'm curious about these particular aspects of it and I'd love to hear more about your experience with it. That's a hot conversation. That's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Again, totally different. Yeah, but I think it is about recognizing that even if you don't necessarily have one-to-one experience to offer, you are still a person bringing something to the table. You are not a student expecting to be taught unless that's the dynamic you're signing up for and probably hopefully paying for. Yeah, or and or paying for, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, how do we then, okay, say if if I'm an exper- inexperienced submissive or a bottom that mm-hmm. wants to find out more about this, how do I maybe what do I have to bring to the table or how do I find out what I have to bring to the table? I think it's a process of sitting down and reflecting on a lot of these questions, right? Thinking um, curiously about what it is you're trying to get out of your experience in kink, what particular things you are drawn to, right? Do enough even Googling to find things you're excited about and things you don't like. Like that alone is going to give you a huge step up and just be willing to be actively curious about this process. Nice. All of that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was just going to say, honestly, just that, just being like, I'm, I'm going to be actively openly curious about this experience. Like I'm not expecting to be handed this experience i'm like Mm -hmm. ready to play ready to learn like even that is something you're bringing to the table you know right exactly because when i talk about crafting an experience as a dominant for me it is about molding my submissive whether long term or in the moment it's about like crafting an experience and letting them feel a thing and it is like i said it's it's a collaborative process it I need something to shape if they are just a void that I'm throwing things into that doesn't, I don't, I mean, there are dominants who get off simply on flogging or simply on spanking. I'm not that guy. I get off. Yeah. I, I get off on pain. I love experiencing pain. So I have deep empathy when I see other people who love experiencing pain, experiencing Mm. it. But that's only, like, hurting someone is only hot for me if I have had conversations with them about how much they love being hurt. If mm-hmm. I know those sounds are good sounds, right? If I, like, can imagine the feelings that they're feeling while I'm doing these things to them. Yeah, for me, it's like the why, which I think is kind yeah. of what, might be what you're talking about a bit, is like, yeah. why am I doing this to you? What is it doing to you? Why is mm-hmm. it so impactful to you? impactful (laughs) but like you know like like why what is the intention behind this activity not only like within the narrative of a scene we might be creating but also like what Mm. is this doing for you as a person outside of a scene like why are you here you know why are we doing this particular thing what are you getting out of it exactly exactly that context all helps like Mm -hmm. shape how i feel about what i'm doing yeah exactly and i think 
this kind of misconception of because we expect these dominants, we, this also plays into the assumption that the dominant is always the top, which is not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. true, um, true. But we play like. I think this is based in this like external perception of kink as like dominance just get off on hurting people right. or just get off on scaring people or feeling powerful or whatever. And right. like, yeah, I like feeling like a badass when I'm in charge. That is certainly part of it. <laughs> and part of what makes me feel like a badass is that I am able to control my submissive's experience. And the way that I know that is happening is through understanding and like things they have told me about what they like, right? If I am pulling a, you know, <laughs> my pet has a fantasy journal that they have to keep for me. Um, so anytime they get like, randomly turned on and find themselves fantasizing they keep track of it in a journal (laughs) and they're able to look back and like see what they've gotten off to recently except it's a google doc and i have access to it of course you do yep right so (laughs) it's a spreadsheet yep (laughs) yeah so if last week they wrote a thing all about how they were feeling like particularly like a slut and the next time we fuck, I call them a slut a ton. Yeah, yeah. That is going to have so much more weight because I'm calling back to these things that I know exist already in their head. I'm playing up these things that I know they're particularly thinking about right now. And it's not just about me saying that they are a slut. It is about like, no, I've read this thing and I know this thing about you. And there's these feelings of invasiveness and yeah. vulnerability and I'm like, like getting into your taboo. head right now. Exactly. And it has all of these layers on top of it. And when you are opening up these conversations about a submissive's desires and when they are intimately aware of what they want and how they respond to it uh, in their kink lives and are able to share and communicate that with their dominance, you unlock this whole other level of play and things that you can engage with. Mindfuckery. I know, it's so fun. (laughs) The mindfuckery of it all, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Comeasyouare.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at comeasyouare.com. Okay, so where do we go from here? How do we actually, like, maybe work with our dominance to develop these skills? What are some things that we can do to help us develop some better bottoming skills? Well, I encourage a lot of this, a lot of actually what I teach in the workshop is focused on things that you can do before you're seen or on your own. Great. Um, A, I want this stuff to be applicable to people who are not in relationships right now because bombing is a skill that you can develop, right? Um, And there's plenty of tips in there for dominance and a lot of what I talk about can be done alongside your dominant, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I talked about, you know, I talk about tracking your desires and that can very easily be turned into this kind of confessional task where your dominant also has access to it. But simply the practice of tracking your desires on your own is helpful. Um, I think for me, the, if I were to give you one, like, takeaway thing that you can start doing today to become a better submissive, it would be to be actively curious about your own kinks. Okay. And that for me, I talk about it as a way to find new things to try. But for me, it has just been a tool to upgrade my kink uh, life in general. Uh, So 
the way this looks in practice is when you find yourself kind of like idly fantasizing about a thing on the train or like, you know, you're watching a TV show and your brain does like ADHD leapfrog and now it's a kink scene. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. Um, oh, no, that's a me thing too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you find yourself revisiting that a couple of times and anyway, it becomes a favorite thought of yours. Deeply enjoy that. I absolutely go get off to it a couple of times. And then uh, channel also- your inner toddler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, channel your inner toddler and, and think, but why? Like, mm-hmm. this was all hot. Why was it hot, though? Like, what did I enjoy about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so my go-to example is a thing that I think, because I think it's broadly applicable to a lot of submissives, uh, I cur- encourage folks to imagine that they are, like, in this dark alley with someone real cute, and, like, they've <laughs> got their back up against, like, a cool brick wall, and this person is, like so close that they're a little too close and also not quite close enough. You know that, like, special space, right? This is so specific. Right up I love this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they've got your hands over your head and they're holding you in place there. Mm-hmm. And, like, for many people, that's hot. Very. But that can be hot for a lot of different reasons. So if what's hot about that for you is that you are trapped, is that you can't move, you, this person is holding you there and you can't get away, Mm-hmm. Explore more uh, other ideas of bondage, right? Do you like restraints, ropes, cuffs, something like mummification or vac beds, right? There's a whole rabbit hole of restraints you can go down. And a whole range, yeah. Exactly. But like, start looking at those things. What sounds fun that way? Cool. If for you, what is hot is that this person is holding you there. That like, you're like, yeah, I like that I'm stuck, but I particularly like that this person, like I imagine them a little bit bigger than me and they're like holding me really firmly. And like, if I try and get away, they would be there to keep me. Yeah, their body weight is like holding me there. Exactly. Look at things like rough body play or grappling or um, even like pressure points, trampling. Yeah, Mm, crushing things like this, right? Mm -hmm. Even primal play. That is like very visceral and about bodies, right? But how can I play with this person's body and their power that way? I, I love using body, like my my body weight yeah. on people in scenes. And there's such a, like, if somebody says that to me, I'm like, oh, I have like 40 ideas. Like, yeah, I that love I can, it. I don't even need anything. I can just use mm-hmm. my own body pressed up against yours in all sorts of mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah. Love Especially it. as someone who is often smaller than the people I play with. It's like Same. particularly fun. Yeah. Yeah. You can sit right on them. You can jump right yeah. on them. Yeah. Basically. And like, yeah. And to, pe- like and reason, to feel yeah. physically powerful over someone who's bigger than me Hot. and to be able to do all these. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, okay, so we go, we come back to the alley, right? And yes. maybe it was hot just having that person there. And like, even if they're not holding you still, if they say, don't you fucking move or I'll stop doing what I'm doing. <laughs> maybe it's just about power, right? What other ways can you play with uh, ideas of dominance and submission and ideas of power exchange? And maybe there's like some elements of CNC in there. Maybe it was a creepier alley than I described. Maybe you just like being scared, right? Because that's another rabbit hole. What kind of things scare you? What other ways can we play with fear? But you take one fantasy, one idea that you stumbled across that made you feel like kind of hot and you play with, all right, well, what's kind of the kernel there? And if you do this a couple times, you can find where those kernels live in your fantasy life and say, all right, so I liked that it was about this person's body. Well, what other things can I do that is just about physicality? Because you'll unlock, like, I've backdoored my way into kinks that I'm like, oh, I never thought I was into that, except in this way. (laughs) (laughs) Unless. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, service will get me into so many kinks. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if I'm in that, into that. But if you're asking me to do it, then yeah, sure. I'll do just about anything. (laughs) Someone hot is like, but can you be a good boy and do it for me? And I'm like, I'm so into that thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) New favorite thing. Yeah. (laughs) New favorite thing. But that's because I know that service is like a core kernel that exists in the center of many of my fantasies. Yes. So when you're able to find like, oh, these are the like little brain hacks. These are the things that get me turned on all the time, right? Those are such valuable tools for your dominant to have. Yeah, because even like this- so much to play with. 
definitely even this like the the last scenario said about like fear fear mm-hmm. of what you know it, it, it can get, like you can get so mm-hmm. specific it's like are you afraid someone's gonna walk by and see you are mm-hmm. you afraid you know you're gonna get hurt like are you like what is the fear even like just mm-hmm. you can dissect i really love this image this like very vivid image you've given i think i think it's yeah. very valuable i and i love it and like what you were talking about too that question of like well what are you okay, you want to be scared, like, what are you scared of? That is such a valuable question that I think doesn't get raised often enough in especially edgy play like that. Because, like, you can say this is, um, you know, you can say this is a fear play scene and, like, two people can sign up for that and not necessarily know what fear looks like, Yeah. right? So I think being willing to sit down and keep asking questions, keep, okay, but why? Well, what's the why behind that? Well, tell me more about that. And again, something you can do by yourself or with a partner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's honestly valuable to uh, do it both by yourself and with a partner versus Mm -hmm. or. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I have found so many things that on my own, I am like, Listen, I follow the rabbit hole further when I am alone in my room. I don't know about the rest of you, but when no one is staring at me, I will follow the, like, weird, that's hot, rabbit hole a lot deeper. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. The I'll wind up in some yourself. places. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and in conversations with friends and people I'm fucking and friends that I am fucking, I have conversations that, like... I will be talking about a thing and they'll be like, oh yeah, that's so hot because this. And I'll be like, wait, oh. because that, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> because wait, what? Because oh. that, no, t- keep talking. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I, my brain just wouldn't have made that leap. Yeah. Yes. Just like people as sounding boards and people just mm-hmm. giving a little bit of feedback can just help you, help you dive into that even further. Yep. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Totally. Like, give you some some of your friends, you know, some of the people you're fucking might know know a thing or two about you, you know, that you don't really right. you haven't realized yourself. Notice some can, trends, you know. Exactly. Yes, yeah, a more objective <laughs> point of view of like your desire, or whatever, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Your play style, and whatever. Exactly. Exactly, and I find that really valuable. Yeah, I've definitely had play partners like see me in a way that like they'll just say something they're like well obviously you blah 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 and I'm like wow wow okay wow (laughs) that's so fucking true oh yeah I guess I do do that (laughs) yeah you ever have someone be like well you're into those I I well yeah because you like you do these things all the time you and you demonstrably have been into that right right Mm -hmm. am Okay. Yep. <laughs> I did that to my partner once. Uh, they have done it to me several times, but this is the one that is coming to mind most um, th- because they were talking about not particularly being into objectification. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, but the thing is, a fuck toy is an object. And they were like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. They're like, I don't want to be a table. I didn't, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm currently in in um, conversation with a new partner of mine, um, and me like a hundred percent knowing he's a sadist, and him being like, mm. "But I'm not, I'm not a sadist," and I'm like, "You keep telling yourself that." However, I love that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know, you're, I don't know, you're. The- for me, it's like the way you laugh, though. The way mm, yeah. you get that look in your eyes. The way Sorry, you tent your fingers every time you laugh—that's like very. Yeah, no, that'll do it. For me, I used to say I used to go to kink conferences, and I would say I would go to the pain play workshops just because I wanted to see who laughs when the demo bottom whines. Um, that's how I know who to cruise for later in the event. Uh, and nice. then I realized I started being the guy laughing and I was like, maybe I should hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I teach a, a workshop on impact now. <laughs> you 
you followed that rabbit hole. Came full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Came full circle. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, admittedly, yes, that that workshop does have about as many bottoming tips for impact as it does topping, because I find workshops are most helpful when they address both sides of the kind of play they're talking about. You know what? That's something that I think is very valuable um, about Switch's teaching workshops. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I do the same thing in my workshops. I talk about it from both sides. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very important. Again, with the thing of you mentioning that, like, you know, 95%, even more of the workshops surrounding kink and sex and stuff like that are around the things that the person is doing rather than receiving. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, I got to... You know, I'm at pro-dominant, so my classes are going to be for other, you know, about dominance in general, right? But also, um, even for dominance to learn about, you know, a bit about the other other side of the slash. Never a bad thing. Absolutely. I mean, this is, like, again, what we're talking about is, like, I... um... A thing that keeps coming to mind, I saw Raven Caldera teach, who I absolutely adore. I don't know if you've ever seen them teach. I haven't. Um, They teach a lot about uh, 24-7 MS dynamics um, Mm. and uh, service and things along those lines. Um, But when they're talking about mastery of their submissive, they say they think of it in terms of, uh, like, mastery of an instrument, Mm. learning them... uh, in such intricacy and detail that you can elicit whatever kind of sounds and reactions you want from them. The same way you would learn a violin and become a master of the violin or master of the piano. Make someone's body sing, you know? Right. Which I think is a really beautiful metaphor and uh, really speaks to the importance of learning the intricacies of the skills and the things that your bottom is implementing in your scenes, even if you're not ever going to bottom like even if you are only a top yeah i still think it's really important to understand the skills that your submissive is using and or could be using definitely yeah even i um i i even when i do like in-person demoing um mm-hmm. and i'm the top or the dominant like i i i any demo bottoms i recruit for said classes i'm like mm-hmm. i i get educators because i'm like i i'm not the only i'm not the only one talking and you're not just you know a voiceless demo bottom like you're not just a body like you're here for a reason to tell your experience with this kink you know like i'm i want to talk as much as uh, like i want you to talk as much as i'm gonna talk i'm like you're getting paid like none of this like not paid for you know like no salary for demo bottoms i'm like you're getting paid as much as i am and you're going to fucking talk as much as you're I You're going to teach, yeah. You are, yeah. Yeah, I find... I'm not going to speak always... for you, you know? This activity yeah. isn't just about me doing, like, a person doing something to another person. Yeah, I've always found those workshops the most helpful to attend, where even if the bottom is just simply, like, the dominant shows a thing and the bottom has a chance to say like okay talk to me about what that felt like yeah yeah okay tell me the difference between these two like when i was teaching that impact workshop it's the first one that i have a demo scene in yeah um and i have my pet actually sits next to me for much of the scene and we kind of move in and out of demoing things on them and then at the end of the workshop we do a like short little 10 15 minute scene yeah um But I found it was so helpful, and I was learning things as I was teaching. There you go. By saying, like, someone would talk about, well, what's the difference between these two? What what does this feel like? Or I would say, in my experience, I would expect this to feel this particular way. And I would hit them and be like, can you talk to me about how that felt or how it was different from what we expected and that sort of thing? Nice. Because, like, even the things I know about how they feel on me, I are different from how they feel on On my pet. Exactly. So it is, I'm garnering helpful information for the class. I have moments where I can like take a breather, which I don't usually have in my classes. It's fucking delightful. I know, it's great, isn't it? Drink water, right? Check my notes. (laughs) It's lovely. Um, And I am role modeling the kind of communication that I would often be having in like my scenes if no one was watching anyway. So I think it's, it's really valuable on like, several levels yeah like if i'm doing a scene like specific like specifically professionally if i'm doing a Mm -hmm. scene like and we're doing negotiation like 
the client is talking more than I am. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's the, a lot of important information right there. So why would I do a scene, you know, for a demo or something like that without showing at least a part of that dynamic that like their voice is like very, very important. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Should we move into your impact worship workshop? Is there anything else that you really wanted to talk about about better bottoming before we move move on? Um, what should think? No, I don't think so. I'd be down to talk about this impact workshop a little bit. It is my Amazing. newest one. Yay! I'm particularly excited. Hooray! Hooray! Tell me all <laughs> about it. Well, so this one came about again from a conversation with a friend this was a kinky friend of mine um who knows me from the scene but hadn't seen me teach or anything and i mentioned having a class coming up and this person who knows how i play was like oh so you teach impact right and i was like oh, no. no i hang, hang on let me write that down <laughs> oh that's a good so, one let me <laughs> ooh, you're right i do take a lot of it good thought i do do a lot of that so anyway, now I have an impact workshop. Nice. Um, and part of what I love about it is what I talked about earlier, that it has this, um, I talk about it from both sides because I have a lot of experience in it from both sides. Um, but I also am just so delighted to be able to have a demo in one of my workshops. People ask about it. I ask about it a lot for my blowjob workshops and I'm like, sir, how do you think I will teach with a dick in my mouth? <laughs> with I, my mouth full. It's impolite clearly, to talk with your mouth <laughs> Exactly. Like, clearly you don't know how long-winded I am. That wouldn't work. I'm so, And how distracted by dick I am. Like, this, this man is... <laughs> people, yeah, not gonna work. they expect too much from me. Um, but spanking, that I can do. Uh, admittedly, I do wind up using my partner's butt a little bit like a fidget and just, like, periodically whacking them as emphasis i'm a very i'm an italian i move a lot when i talk and their butt is just there um so like that does happen which makes it a really fun workshop to teach um but i also find that like i do think i offer a unique perspective on impact um and it's fun to feel like i have something interesting to say on a topic that feels so well worn Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Impact. It's like, there are a lot of workshops out there about it. And most people feel like they know how to do it. Like it's kind Mm -hmm. of intuitive in a lot of ways. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm interested. What is this? Like, what angle are you teaching this from? That's kind of fresh. Well, some of the things I incorporated, um, I didn't want to just do a list of types of impact things to hit people with. Right. Um, as we talked about this earlier, one of the things I love about impact is finding weird things and being like, <laughs> I'm going to hit you with that. Um, so I spent a chunk of the workshop talking instead about like the traits I look at when I'm evaluating a toy. How swishy is it? How hard is it going to be to control? What kind of textures does it have? How many mm. points on this can I hit someone with? And what would that feel like? Right? Yeah. Um, so I, when I'm talking about implements, I do a little bit more of that. So again, a lot of my work is about encouraging people to think creatively about the stuff they're engaging with. So like, what ways can we think about the toys that we're using? And then when I'm talking about the crafting the scene itself, I wanted to include some things that I think a lot of dominance, or at least I was nervous about when I started topping that I didn't see in a ton of workshops, uh, things like planning a scene how much do I know when I'm setting up to hit someone do I have like a whole script planned out in my head like what is like so talking about what my planning process before a scene looks like nice and looking about uh, and looking at how I control like the cadence and the energy and the rhythm and all of that throughout the scene I like this, um, like, 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 what waves are we riding? You know, how many peaks exactly. and valleys are we having? Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like um, this. So I spend some time both like specifically in the workshop, but I also try and infuse in the way I'm like periodically demoing things. I will just infuse, because the thing I do a lot when I am playing with impact is using surprise or humor or things like this to uh shift the tone yes. and 
um, like a hurt, uh, a hit is going to hurt a lot more if you don't see it coming. <laughs> so maybe I switch a toy right before I hit you with it. Or I tell a joke and you're mid-giggle and yeah. then I hit you. Or So like little <laughs> things like this that I incorporate into my scenes when I'm playing with someone, I also incorporate into the workshop because the workshop is crafted almost like an extended scene. Yeah, yeah. And... I, so I role model and demonstrate these little things that you can do to add a little bit of personality to your scene and to a way to look at your scene a little bit broader as an experience versus a series of very technical hits in a particular way in a particular place. Yeah, it's a whole vibe. It's all energy. It's a whole, mm -hmm. yeah, mood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I'm in top space, I am not thinking about every single hit that I'm hitting. No, like certainly I am not. I am thinking about what I'm going for. I am thinking about the place in the arc of the scene that I am having, where I'm at. Like, am I warming them up? Is this? Am we, are we approaching the crescendo? Like, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then I think in little clusters of movements, right? Little spikes here. Little like, I'm gonna do this thing for a minute. All right, I'm gonna go over here and do this kind of thing. Um, but I think talking about what my experience as a top is and what it actually feels like to be spanking someone role models and uh can help newbie tops feel a little more comfortable not feeling like they have every answer and are in ultimate control at all times yeah because that's the fantasy of dominance but that is rarely my experience no. of it <laughs> me neither <laughs> i'm just like what do i do next I'm winging okay. it. and then the person looks at me with big eyes and i'm like wow i'm the boss <laughs> i did it i'm doing oh, it look at me. Oh. <laughs> So I love how you're, um, I know, I know you two are like playful players for kink. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. I'm a playful top, um, as well. So I like how you're bringing this atmosphere of like playfulness to, to the scene. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about like how you receive that type of a scene? That's kind of like surprise hits and jokes yeah. and like, you know, <sighs> a bunch of crescendos and switching implements on them. Like, how do you, how do you experience the scene? like that on the bottom i love well if i'm bottoming particularly to that kind of like high energy particularly giggly scene yeah. i'm probably going to implement a lot of uh stingy toys because the thing i know about myself is that stingy impact brings out that energy in me as well cool yeah um so that is how we're going to channel that kind of giggly playful silly energy of a scene and for me it is uh a social experience? Okay, maybe this, I'm making this metaphor up on the spot, so maybe this doesn't track for other people. But for me, that kind of scene feels like being uh, at, like, a party with friends versus, like, a really thuddy, um, like, deep, intense impact scene that gets me yeah. quiet and spacey and a little bit fuck drunk. Feels yeah. a little bit more like a cozy night watching Netflix. Like, they're both connective, but in different ways. Yes, yes. And I like describing these two different kind of um, moods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if I'm going for that, like, giggly, high-energy, really playful scene, I think a lot of what I am engaging is, like, certainly my exhibitionism. Certainly. I'm playing, yeah. <laughs> like, that is the kind of scene I love to do in public because mm -hmm. I love to engage an audience with that kind of energy. Um, and also I love to role model that kink can be silly and bratty yeah. and switchy and all of the things that we don't necessarily see in mainstream kink. 100%, yeah. Um, so what else So what I'm, else are we talk about when we're talking about your specific, unique impact workshop? Yeah. Oh, um, hmm. I mean, you get to see my pet's butt the whole time. Hell yes. Which is, like, a great selling point, honestly. <laughs> it's a big it's, positive. I'm, a, I'm amazed I focus on the whole class, honestly. It's, How do you do it, you know? <laughs> I, you know, it's fine. It's With Because difficulty. I'm an exhibitionist, and my top space is also like, so look at my pet's butt. Their butt is amazing. Uh, Maybe. Just look at my pet over here. Just look. Um, I, I Since you mentioned it twice, can you talk a mm -hmm. bit about Top Space? I don't know how much we've talked on the yeah. po podcast about Top Space. Tell me how you experience it and maybe, you know, some, some of the ways other people can experience Top Space. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it is 
basic definitions, a counterpart to subspace. It is the kind of altered state headspace that I and many other dominants or tops experience when they are topping for a scene. For me, I have ADHD, I, I think I've mentioned it thus far. Uh, for me, it feels like being hyper-focused on my bottom. Um, nothing else in the world matters. Time both slows down and speeds up and ceases to exist all at the same time. <laughs> um, I can pay attention to every single minute detail and make decisions based on it, but I, you couldn't get me to recall them later. Like, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at both the huge picture and every minuscule detail at the exact same time. Wow. Um, my partner is the most important thing in that moment, um, and all I'm thinking about is what they're experiencing and what I can create for them. Yeah. Uh, I have heard it described similarly, if you are not, per- not a person who experiences hyperfocus, um, as similar to a flow state which is uh, the scientific descriptor for uh, feeling, quote, in the zone. Um, If you are a sports ball person or an artist or a writer and you ever create something almost in, like, a, like, fugue state where you're like, I don't know how this shit came out, but I just made it. Wow. Like, Like, you have those things where you're just in it and you are just doing the thing. And if you start thinking about it too much, you'll stop being able to do it. That feeling, except in kink, tends to be my experience. I mean, kink is creative. Kink is kink is creative. You know, so I mean, that's certainly my experience of it. You're creating an experience, co-creating an experience. So that makes perfect sense to liken it to like a creative flow state. Yeah. Um, So, and for me, it's a like. I quite enjoy it because it is also again associated with that feeling of being a badass. Like, I don't know about you, but when I am in that, like, hyper-focused flow state kind of feeling, I'm also feeling quite good at the thing that I am doing, right? Yes. Um, and that is often also true in uh, kink spaces. Or I am not actively anxious about the thing that I am doing, which... <laughs> which is rare. Yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> the, the, the absence of just... that feeling is so rare that I notice it. <laughs> If I'm just not anxious, that stops space yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, much. it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> no, I like that, though, because it is kind of like, for me, how I experience top space is like mm-hmm. my brain, which is usually quite active, my brain kind of shuts off a bit and I'm able to mm-hmm. intuit and feel in my body and kind of do that thing where you know again yeah. the flow state thing where you're just kind of in the moment doing things and mm-hmm. you're really not thinking about them you're mm-hmm. feeling them and it just feels very present very present it does yeah yeah it yeah. does there's so this is possibly a very silly analogy, but it occurred to me, so I have to say it. Um, And when I'm talking about flow state and that feeling of, if I start thinking about this thing too hard, I won't be able to do it. What I think of is playing really hard levels of Guitar Hero back in the day. (laughs) Where you're just like, no, I'm just a... I'm just a funnel for this information. Like, I'm seeing it and pushing buttons, but if I think, I will fuck this up. I just, this song yeah. is moving through me. I'm but a vessel. Because I'm, exactly. Because I am not a real, I'm not a real musician. It's probably real with real instruments, too. But for me, that's, that's what I've got. My personal experience is guitar hero, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I hope that landed for at least one person listening, because then my work here is done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I love that. Thank you for that. Because I feel like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of things, uh, a lot of times what gets talked about is subspace, right? So I like, Mm -hmm. I like to be able to bring some attention to top space as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And us being two switches. I mean, perfect people for that. Do you experience subspace? Oh, absolutely. I have all kinds of flavors of subspace. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I realize I, because it's an altered state, right? Um, I feel different with different strains of weed. I feel uh-huh. different with different types of liquor. I feel different with different types of kink. Uh, rope space feels different from heavy impact, which feels different from stingy impact, which feels different from like an age play, like age regression role play. Yeah, 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 They're yeah. all different like flavors and facets of this 
thing called subspace that I like to play around in. Since we're specifically talking about impact right now, can you tell me mm-hmm. what types of impact, like choose one of your one of your flavors, what mm. type of impact, what type of a scene will get you there? So we talked a little bit about stingy impact when we were talking about those high energies, really giggly, yeah. uh, usually quite like flirty, playful scenes. So... Another kind of subspace that I experience that looks quite different, right? Because with that stingy, high-energy impact, I am squirming, I am on my toes, I am, like, squealing all over the place and, like, fighting to get away from it and whatever. (laughs) However, if you're playing with thuddy impact, which is going to hit deep in my muscles versus um, tingling up on the surface of the skin, think like a punch versus a slap, Mm -hmm. if you're playing with that really thuddy impact, uh, I am going to get deep, quiet, almost meditative mm-hmm. kind of subspace. I am going to like kind of go slack or slump over or like my head is going to hang a lot. My eyes are going to be closed the whole time. Uh, I can talk. I won't do it often. If you ask me questions, my answers will be kind of slurred and kind of like almost drunk and out of it. I am on cloud nine. I am blissed the fuck out. <laughs> and like... <laughs> So, like, both deeply in my body and extremely out of it and, like, just floating away. Floaty is really the best word I can give for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everything feels soft and fuzzy and a little warm and just nice. (laughs) Your tone of voice right now is is very subspace, too. It's like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was just kind of get to the, like, I don't know, yeah, just hit me like that, but like more of it, because it's real good, thanks, I like it a lot. Love you, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that is going to come from, like, really deep, thuddy impact. Um, I get similar to that with rope, but it's different, um, but if you combine them, that'll help. Mm. Um, doing things to my face, um fingers in my mouth or putting a hood on me or um just like shoving my face into the pillow it Mm. feels uh, a little dehumanizing and objectifying and that'll like nudge me into that like i don't know i'm just a thing you do stuff to i'll just hurt me a bunch some more this feels great right all of that helps me kind of lean into that um so that is a very different flavor from what we were talking about earlier yes also a lot of fun yeah. Also, just as about as fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Maybe even mm-hmm. more so. Exactly. <laughs> On a particular day. Um, but it's very helpful that the dominants that I play with know that I have those like different spaces and what they yeah. act, you know, what accessing them could look like. Because if suddenly I'm just a different version of a submissive one day, yep. that could be real disorienting if we haven't, if I haven't recognized that about myself and shared that information. Yeah, again, bottoming skills, right? Like, oh, exactly. if you if you hit me like this, this might happen. And if this does happen, this is what you should do or could do in that, you know, just yeah, or the harm reduction just... surrounding it being like, if this happens, yeah. then here's the plan. Yeah, I mean, if I if this happens, I need you to check in with me a little more often. I'm not as good at speaking up and advocating for myself. Yes, like, yes, That's yes, a yes. super important thing for me to share. Yep. And... If this happens, I'm blissed out. I'm on cloud nine. I'm feeling great. I am in a warm, fuzzy cocoon of bliss and joy. Like, yeah, they don't need to take action on nope. that. But yep. as a dominant, that's so useful. That's still useful. That's still valuable. That's still hot. Yeah. And you need right? to know that. Like, exactly. Because you, know, exactly. you could read that as like, oh, something might is something wrong, perhaps, because they just stop right. talking. You don't get quiet like this. You don't. Yeah. You usually squeal and brat when I hit yeah. you. What? Yeah. But this is the first time I'm punching you. What does this mean? Did I do it wrong? Right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Bex, yeah. we should be wrapping yes. up. Please okay. tell okay. us where can we um, where can we take these classes, both Better Bottoming and your Impact work- Workshop? When are they happening? And yes. where can we find and follow you? Well, so if you want to join me for any of these workshops, your best bet is to go to bextalksex.com. That's where I have a listing of all of my workshops. I also have some articles where I've written where some of the snippets of what we've talked about today and some other things. And my entire schedule for my live workshops, I host them on Zoom, 
about once or twice a week at this point. Uh, you can find the full schedule in my sidebar at bextalksex.com. You can also just search Bex Caputo on Eventbrite and see any of my live workshops there. Um, and again, those are on Zoom, so you can just join us from your computer and uh, listen to me ramble about things. Uh, I also am so excited to have Better Bottoming available for download so that you can watch it on your own time. I really took my time with this one, so it's a little bit longer than the workshop that you would see live. It has a few extra stories and it's a little more taken at more of a leisurely pace, as you may have noticed. I'm an Italian New Yorker. I talk fucking fast. <laughs> I tried my best to slow down with that one, but you have the power to rewind, which you cannot do in person. Um, so that's really great. You can find that. It is right in the header at bextalksex.com. You can click online courses and see the entirety of Better Bottoming available on demand there. I'm working on getting my other workshops up on there as well. Amazing. So you can uh, hopefully see the others in the future as well. Amazing. So for me, folks, you know where to find and follow me by now. I'm at Twitter at the Lady Pim one. But if you must follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Lady Pim. Also at the Bedpost Podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube page. It's the Bedpost Show. And then lastly, I always like to thank the lovely lady that does the original music for my pod. That is Steph Copeland. And you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Bex, I also want to mention that um, you have one of the best yes, no, maybe lists uh, oh, I I, I've ever seen. And I use it. it often. That's at bextalksex.com as well. So yes. anybody that wants to do that, fill that out with a new partner or again, just for yourself, buy your lonesome. And I should probably also mention that if they want to hear me ramble about sex dating and masturbating every week, they yes. can join me and my best friend and sex journalist and author of 101 Kinky Things, even you can do, Kate Sloan, for The Dildorks, uh, my weekly podcast released every Wednesday. Hell yes, listen to the Dildorks, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of this podcast, too. We'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality here at the Bedpost Podcast. Get fucked, everybody. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 